Hi, it's Peter Vesey. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. Maybe it's an English-American thing. It was not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball. National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association, okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. <laughs> um, but you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. Football fans here. We, we call it football. Okay. But, um, I mean, springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swimmer. How come the swimmer ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. This is episode 66. I'm Matthew Bates. Unfortunately, Matt Smash cannot be here today. He's stacking shelves at Tesco's or working the till or printing labels. But have no fear, today we're saved. By his second appearance, we have Mr. Basketball Rants, Jack McNally. Hello. Good, man. I'm good, I'm good. I've had my Game of Thrones fi- fix. I'm amped up for this episode. I might chop your head off with a sword. You're not really luring me into watching this if it causes that type of behaviour. No, I can't believe someone that's read one of the books doesn't watch the TV show. Uh, well, just, no. <laughs> just no kind of patience or kind of attention span. <laughs> instead of instead of re- instead of reading about naked women, you'd prefer to read about them than actually watch them. Well, I'm yet to read Fifty Shades of Grey, so that, see what happens. Well, there's a film coming out of then, so maybe you can you can just roll reverse it. Oh. That's a horrific, horrific thing to say. Anyway, we're here to talk about basketball and not about my dirty mind. Uh, yeah, let's start off with LeBron James. LeBron James this week, uh, well, he, he's the youngest player to ever reach 23,000 points. This came on Friday night in one of the most thrilling games of the year against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which they lost. Uh, he's the first player under 30 to reach it. And what do you think about this, Mr. Basketball Rants, about LeBron James as... Young, but very accomplished career so far. Oh, well, obviously, he he reaches from trying to have, like, the whole Cleveland Cavaliers franchise on his back for several years. And obviously, he had to put the ball in the hoop, really, a lot every game. Um, I, sort of, I thought about it, uh, about what does this mean? Could he come close to beating yeah, Kareem's record? And I thought that, uh, seeing as he's only 29, like, he's in... He's one of the most physically gifted and kind of blessed players on the planet. And I could, I think we could all see him playing for another 10 years. That's like, not really out of everyone's kind of reasoning. Grant Hill done it for <laughs> ages. And, uh, really, if, I think I, uh, calculated that is if he played 10 years, an average of maybe 750 more games, he'd have to average 25 points to reach 40,000 overall points. So I think it's well within his grasp to claim that record. Yeah, I I personally, I think he can accomplish it. I just don't know if he wants to. I think from watching players compare himself to like Jordan and yeah, players that go out on a high, I don't think he'd really want to be what Kobe Bryant is at the moment. Uh, like on the bench, injured, not missing out quite a few games. And you don't think you want to go out like Charles Barkley did or Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, how oh, they, okay. like, Akeem Olajuwon playing for the Raptors was very weird. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Barkley playing for the Rockets, ironically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Going down for most of the season and then just coming in for a rebound and two points was pretty much all he wanted. I, I think he can. I just don't know if he wants to. That's the thing when it comes to that, cause that Kareem record, you gotta take into account how hard that must have been. He played till he was 42. He played 21 years. And he was playing for... And he was playing long seasons and stuff. He just never really had an injury apart from nearer later in his career. I just think that record isn't talked about enough about how hard that is to accomplish. Well, yeah, piggybacking on what you said about Kobe and that, uh, like, being compared to Jordan, that 
Kobe really is focusing, like he came out like about a year ago saying that he was trying to see if maybe he could put a dent on that record. He's only really done that because he knows that a sixth title is just nowhere near, <laughs> like, in his sights really with this Lakers organization. But I think, uh, sorry, like Kobe is a constant competitor and trying to find something to will him on. Well, I think LeBron really is kind of, if he can't win a title by, obviously maybe if he, if they don't win this season, I'm not saying he's going to retire, but I mean, by the age of maybe 34, 35, if he's still playing and there's no clear sight of winning a championship, I think he could easily just hang it up and say, uh, no, no, yeah. thanks. I can, I'll take what I've got already and just leave. Yeah. Well, and the comparisons to Kobe can come straight round as well in full circle because he beat Kobe by one year and 76 days. Kobe was the uh, youngest player to get 23,000 before LeBron did this past weekend. So, I don't know, I think it's kind of nice that he beat Kobe. I'm not a Kobe hater or anything, but I just, I don't know, Kobe was always seen as, as before LeBron, as the, him, Garnett and McGrady were the high school, the, the best high school players to come out of, obviously to come out of high school and not go to college. And now, I think really LeBron's pretty much, if not already, he's already taken the crown of having that accolade. Oh, definitely, yeah. But, uh, another thing, about LeBron recently, obviously, when we're talking about scoring, we've got to talk about when he first came into the league, he couldn't really shoot the three ball that much. He didn't, his shot was a bit shaky. And yeah, he's just expanded his game so much in the last four or five years, if that's not just going down to the lower block. And he's always had a pass, pretty much a pass first instinct, but I just think it's shown a lot more when you're passing to Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch instead of Mo Williams and to all all due respect to Gauskas at the end of his career. I think it is... What do you think about his expanding on how he can score the ball now in the last four or five years since he came to Miami? Oh, well, when he was with the Cavs, he, he, I like to think he had like a quarterback mentality in which he was always trying to look to spread the floor and use that, the bullet passes that he had. But um, he definitely kind of expanded his range. And I think a clear example is uh, game six of last season. He was willing to take three straight three-pointers. Like, obviously, he missed... Uh, the first one and then uh, maybe LeBron of five years ago would have kind of backed away and just gone, gone down low or, or drove but he kind of was persistent and thought okay like, I know I have it like I've worked on this three I can do these made it and that led to the whole Ray Allen situation in game seven and the eventual win really yeah and also game seven in, in that series he was shooting the balling extremely well and ex- obviously showed his expanded range but um I, another thing that you touched on just there is we always, well, all the pundits always used to say when LeBron was younger that he should be in the lower block, he should be posting players up just because of his athleticism and how big and strong he is. And I kind of like that since he's moved to Miami, he's definitely been in the post a lot more. I think I uh, saw a stat somewhere about uh, via Synergy about he's like, he's up like 40% on the season on how many more shots he takes from his rookie year to now to in the low post which obviously shows that he's actually getting it and giving people what they want when it comes to him being in the post oh yeah definitely uh, but I think it's also because of uh, maybe like Chris Bosch in playing centre position he knows that he's quite a slight man in that uh, maybe kind of if they kind of space the four with like four out and leaving Bosch alone in the centre it's not really going to work that much so having LeBron in there pounding pounding down low and Obviously, he's an amazing passer, so if there's ever a double team coming down low, he can just shoot out to maybe Ray Allen and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier when you've got the best, uh, you've got the best, the, the player that scored the most three pointers ever in NBA oh, history yeah. to dish it out to when you get a double team in the post. But we'll move on from LeBron because we can literally talk about LeBron all episode, which I'm sure would be fun for us because he's so good, but. As a listener, Cavs I, fans would hate it. Yeah, as Cavs fans would hate it, and I'm sure there's a lot of hate, uh, Heat fans that just are, have no relation to the Cavs but just hate the Heat. So we'll move on. So from a striving player to a struggling team, the Indiana Pacers have dropped. Well, they've gone seven and twelve in the last nineteen games. They've had a po- very poor March, just crap, really, uh, compared to what we expect from them. With their most recent loss last uh, came in, coming in last night to the Atlanta Hawks, where they lost by twenty six at home. Uh, Roy Hibbert was benched and sulked pretty much throughout the game because uh, he only played nine minutes. Frank Vogel benched him and after the game he said that Hibbert's tired, that he needs more rest and that he's a question mark f- for the next game against Milwaukee. 
it's it's the million dollar question at the moment, Jack. How do we solve the slump? How do the Pacers solve solve their slump of recent play? Well, all season they have been using like the dominant duo of uh, West and Hibbert, and they have kind of been packing the paint as they're known to do because they have that slow paced offense, which kind of not to steal from the Memphis Grizzlies, but it's kind of like grind them down. Mm-hmm. But uh, really, I think well they have uh, they've signed like players like Evan Turner. They have. Uh, Chris Copeland, why don't they just try and spread the floor a little bit? Try and get like because Evan Turner cannot shoot. Well, you never know. You could kind of <laughs> let him try. As a Sixers fan, <laughs> I can definitely tell you that Evan Turner cannot shoot, and every time he does, he gets blocked. I'm not bitter, but I do hate him. <laughs> well, you never know. It's just kind of one spitball idea. Yeah, no, no. They could definitely try because at the moment they need anything uh, in this stretch of their what was it seven and. Oh, seven and twelve stretch. They are the low, the second lowest off- offensive rating team, which is per hundred possessions to the Sixers. So pretty much the bottom NBA team because the Sixers are a D League team at the moment. Uh, yeah, since early February they're only getting ninety nine points per hundred possessions, which does sound a lot. But when you actually slow it down to pace and hundred possessions, that's pretty much one and a half games for the uh, for the Pacers. From what you said, they like to slow the ball down. They like to try and get the best shot, which they're not really getting at the moment. Uh, and one thing that I've always thought, that I've thought that they're missing from last year is their offensive rebounding. Tyler Hansborough, as much as a lot of people diss him and dismiss him, he brought a little bit of energy off that bench to, he, he would just play dirty. He'd just get on, he'd literally push people out of the way just so he can get offensive rebounds. So that's one thing that I do think they are missing. And, when you watch a team like the Spurs compared to the Pacers, and they played recently, it was pretty much embarrassing because the the Pacers have very bad ball movement, and, and I think that comes from where you say in with uh, they haven't got the best shooters. So obviously, if they can't pass the ball around and they're not really a threat from behind the three point arc, it's not really going to get uh, team defenses moving. Oh yeah, very true. Um, and also, uh, George Hill is really a, like a shoot like a shooting guard trapped in the point guard's body. Mm-hmm. He really isn't kind of the like. Well, he's a he's a good point guard, but he's just not the point guard that really the Pacers need for like the trying to find open guys really. And that he is kind of a shoot first guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he, he when he drives, he doesn't really attract defenses as much as a Tony Parker. Obviously, bit, I know it's a bit of an unfair comparison, but a player like Tony Parker, a point guard that can demand a lot of team defenses to sucker in and cause open players around the arc like the Spurs do get it's not yeah. George Hill isn't that player and that is like you said I think that is something they are lacking uh, a shoot first point guard is what George kind of is even though he doesn't really shoot the ball that well especially well, not in like, this slump yeah well I can, oh, like, uh, uh, as you said about Tony Parker I thought uh, maybe like uh, Mike Conley is a kind of uh, okay comparison with like the Memphis Grizzlies style and the Pacers style but Conley can still sneakily kind of drive into the paint and still, like, the defense is respectful of him and kind of draws towards him, opening up over guys. But Hill just doesn't command that sort of respect on the opposition's defense. And really that's kind of what's faltering all of the open shots, really. Yeah, very, tr- very, very true. But, um, one of the things that I thought about when it comes to the paces and how we're going to, sol- how they're going to solve it, I think they need to, I think they need to rest their starters for one or two games because the Heat now have overtaken them for the first seed and I can just imagine that they're not really going to let anything go because LeBron says he wants to play throughout and they only, and the Eric Spolster has come out saying that we're only really going to rest Dwayne Wade. So the Heat are going to be at pretty much full strength minus Wade on a back-to-back here and there. So I think they've pretty much got the second seed. Then The third team's not going to catch them and it's going to be hard for them to catch the Heat in the top seed. So I just think Sit in their players one or two games, just try and get them to relax because there's so much. I think they feel that there's so much pressure on them right now when really there isn't that much pressure on them to end like the next six games of the season. Well, yeah, they heaped on so much pressure at the start of the season saying we were going to take number one, like we're going to take the first seed, that's what we're striving to do. And they heaped so much pressure on them. And really, like everyone kind of thought in the playoffs, these guys are like, almost the Miami stoppers, they came very close to doing it. Mm-hmm. But in the regular season, no one really kind of thought they could go a whole 82-game season of just kind of being dominant. It was just a kind of a one playoff series in which they kind of showed to the world that they can 
cause a lot of trouble for the Heat and necessarily not the rest of the league. Mm. So they have heaped on so much pressure and it's kind of just natural that they're starting to kind of feel it pushing down on them, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you feel about the trades that they acquired? They got uh, Evan Turner, they let go uh, Danny Green, Danny Granger, sorry. Um, And then in the off-season, last off-season, they got Lewis Scholar. They tried to improve their bench, but it's not, it's not worked. And what kind of, and when it comes to the playoffs, I know that the, the bench gets a reduced role in that, but I think in this stretch, if they do sit these, sit some of their star players, it will give people, uh, players chances like Chris Copeland to come in and just see if he's got anything that could help him in the playoffs. Oh yeah, very true. Like you, for the playoffs, like obviously the starters are going to get their minutes, so they're going to be the main focal point of the whole, like, well, the whole postseason really, but the, uh, like the second team, really need to try and get some, like, the wheel spinning, need some confidence and kind of just, uh, kind of get a couple good games under their belt so that when they're going into the first round, they have a bunch of confidence and they feel like they can really take on anyone. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, going back to the trade, uh, Danny Granger, mm-hmm. uh, I know obviously he was injured for the majority of last season. Well, actually all of last season, mm-hmm. but, um, that veteran presence really, like, uh, people don't like kind of see it as a statistic or anything, but OKC kind of showed by like, by signing Derek Fisher. Who the hell would want Derek Fisher? But they obviously wanted him and brought him in, and he kind of acts as like a veteran presence that kind of backs everyone up and kind of calm down everyone. Because remember, these guys are very young. So Danny Granger, like with say a Paul George, who has been thrust into the limelight, he could have just kind of been a kind of a quiet. Reminder of just hey, take it easy. Remember, it's a long season. Like what matters is what happens in like the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred, hundred percent. Another thing is that video when he's leaving the uh, organization, saying goodbye to everyone. You can see the dramatic impact they had on the team, not really on the court but off the court. Like they, everyone's crying and just very sad for him to go. So yeah, I think veteran leadership also on the court helps helps any young team uh and i think someone that does need a bit of help who's a young player at the moment is lance stevenson we know that he is a bit out of control sometimes sometimes every time he's on the break uh he just pretty much uh pounds pounds the rock and then just goes straight straight to the basket which isn't a bad thing but sometimes you gotta realize that there are open shooters and there are players with better shots it's not good going one on three sometimes but lance stevenson started off very well, as all, as pretty much all uh, the Pacers did at the start of this season. Uh, all star, all star. Uh, yeah, he was supposed snubs. to. Yeah, snubs. For some people, were calling it. What What do you yeah. think in these last few games that you'll be looking for, Lance Stevenson, before the playoffs that could try and help this Pacers team try and get a bit more confidence back in themselves? Uh, honestly, I think everyone, and including the Pacers, just love to see him come out with really a really cool head because mm-hmm. uh, he's. He does take everything like the world is against him and he views everyone as kind of ganging up on him and he has to prove himself. But um he has to remember that like basketball is a team sport and uh he really does have to kind of trust everyone on his team and remember that maybe if he doesn't have a good game, it's not everyone's gonna gang up on him. He's gonna have the whole locker room supporting him. And I do sort of compare him to uh Steve Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a hothead like, kind of guard who wanted everything wanted to make the biggest impact he could but just hopefully he doesn't go the same way as Francis in which he fizzles out with kind of no kind of really marking career highlights yeah I, I, I was a big fan of Stevie Franchise I did, I did like oh, yeah. I did like him when he played for the Rockets oh yeah don't get me wrong he was a brilliant like, player and I was a massive fan of him <laughs> yeah. but it's just you know that behind the highlights, it's just that's not a player that you would like on your team. No, he wasn't very efficient. His defense was—he started off all right. And his when his mid, like when he got like to these apex, I guess his defense was all right. But yeah, it was pretty bad uh, when he was young. Uh, he banked a free throw in in the 2001 All Star game because he—he <laughs> he I know this is really tangenty and it's really random, really random, but. He he was a bit annoyed because he didn't get that many minutes in in the first half, so he 
Oh, was it 2001? It's 2002, this. Yeah, 2002. It was in Washington. Oh. Washington. Uh, yeah, he wasn't, he didn't get any minutes in the first half and he hadn't scored a point. And he went to, and he got to the line and he like really bricked his first free throw. And you could just see that he was just like, I've got a score. I can't go to the All-Star game and be scoreless. So he just banked in a free throw. There you go. There you go. Steve Francis <laughs> banked in a free throw at the All-Star game. Uh, the more you know. Yeah, the more you know, the more you are not interesting, really, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, going, yeah, Lance Stevenson, he is playing for a contract this year, so I hope this isn't the reason why he's a bit selfish, but it can, I can kind of see that he could be playing the way he does just so he can get a little bit more, bump his stats up and on paper look like a better player, a bit more of an efficient player when in the off-season so he can demand a bit more money, maybe hopefully from the Pacers, because I think he will want to stay there. But I'm sure a lot of teams will be interested in him this off-season. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, remember, these guys are kind of, they've spent their whole lives playing basketball, so they do have supreme confidence in themselves <laughs> and, uh, like, to make it this far. And I do think that Stevenson is, he wants to be an alpha dog. He wants to be, like, the man of a team. Mm-hmm. But uh, it all depends what he views more, like, having the reins of a team or having a championship ring. Yeah. So, uh, but you're very true in that, um, maybe he is kind of playing for himself for this massive contract that he is hopefully expecting. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do it, kind of do it now. Don't do it in the playoffs. Like, get all your crazy... Well, I, th- I saw a clip of this Atlanta game and he just, like, kicked Millsap. Like, he just went in with his foot out and just literally winded Millsap, put him to the floor and everything. It's pretty great, actually. <laughs> I'm not compl- actually not complaining about it. I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> um, how, from a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, oh my God, burn the bridges, what's going on, to 1, not bothered, uh, Miami cool, just waiting for the playoffs. How worried are you about this Pacers team at the moment? Um, whew, I'd honestly have to say a 6. Because, mm. uh, remember, the playoffs is an odd beast, like, Many teams have like kind of gone into the postseason looking to be the favourites and just fallen. Uh, the Spurs in 2011 is a good example, really. Yeah. But um, it this team's still kind of young. Like, like the majority of their team is quite young. They're still fresh to the kind of whole playoffs like scene. Like they've only had I think it's three postseason appearances in the past five years, and. Uh, like it could, uh, it doesn't. Like their mentality going into the uh, postseason could change a lot of games. They go in thinking they're the best. They could win two games just on that. But if they go in thinking, "Oh crap, we've screwed up the last seven games," it could really draw out a lot of uh, kind of first or second rounds. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very true. As you said, it is a different beast in the playoffs. Play- playoffs to uh, Indiana's credit, it does slow down which I'm sure they cannot wait, especially if they play someone like the Bulls in the second round, if they get, obviously if they get, if both teams get through the first round, I think they'd love that because obviously the Bulls aren't really going to, I know they sound stupid, they're not going to beat you with scoring. Obviously, Uh obviously you do win by scoring, but they don't really, they tend to look more defensive first. (laughs) But, but anyway, from a struggling team, whoa, that's enough Pacers talk. It's getting a bit depressing. I personally, I, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think it's about a five or a six. I just, I just don't think, I think, I think it's not good what we're seeing team chemistry wise and that, but the product on the floor, I know it's not as good as we saw it, but as the playoffs, I can just, there's a few games for them to get their act together. And I'm sure when it comes to playoffs, more, they're going to get more serious and they're going to have quite a lot of team trainings as well which is something that we do forget about in the regular season they don't really have teams don't really have that much training like training sessions or practice and with new players like Evan Turner coming in I think that's really what they need the most practice so they can so Evan Turner can know know the offense and defenses sets on the back of his hand uh, there's rumors going on about well I'm not saying rumors I don't even know why I'm saying this but I actually listened to First Take today. I listened to about 15 minutes of it before I turned it off. I told you before the show that I don't really like it. Yeah, and uh, they were... Blasphemy. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, Stephen A. Smith was floating a rumour around like Frank Vogel isn't safe at the moment, which I just find complete crap. I know he's really lost a bit of the... There is an argument saying that he has lost a bit of the locker room, but it's just wait till the playoffs. 
Just wait till the playoffs before you say anything stupid like that. Right, from a, so from a struggling team, Kevin Durant's not struggling. Kevin Durant, oh, arguably, well, I don't even know if it's arguably anymore, but the le- arguably the league's MVP. He has well, been on the winning side of the argument, probably. He, yeah, yeah. It's if you've got him in the argument, if you if you're on his side in the argument, you're probably in the best spot. But yeah, he's be, he's finally well finally surpassed Jordan with 41 straight 25 plus point games. Uh, this came last night against the Suns, which they lost 115 to 122, which was a very entertaining game. I actually watched that this morning. Uh, first of all, with this streak, is this stat even worth counting in the grand scheme of uh, things? It's it's a good individual stat to have. Well, let me rephrase that. That's a that's a brilliant stat to have as an individual, and that that is actually amazing to be kind of put in the same class as Jordan. And like, obviously, he won't reach a Wilt Chamberlain status with that that many number of games with twenty five plus points. But uh, that's a great stat to have. But um, it's all about team wins and like, finishing it up. And it's probably put it's probably kind of put him leading the MVP title race. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's one of those stats. Like, uh, what was it last season with uh, Rondo, the most consecutive uh, uh, double assist. assists or something? Uh, seriously, I don't, they must have some guy in the back of just the records room, just sifting through these massive chests of drawers, trying to find something to latch onto, like some record, like most minutes played with a shoe, <laughs> like, or without like, a shoe. untied. Yeah, like a Mike Miller stat or something. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, there was the LeBron scoring 30 with 60% shooting last season, I'm sure, something like that. That yeah, was another stat that was like this. That's <laughs> just, I think it's just they're trying to pull it, like it's March Madness type thing, mm-hmm. trying to pull over everyone from watching that. Just, oh look, uh, KD is doing something which Jordan done. And once you hear Jordan KD, everyone kind of perks up their ears and went, oh, right, what's this? It's like the dogs uh, in the film Up. When they, see, yeah. when they see Squirrel. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh, I wish someone needs to Photoshop that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like your, pun, your pundits, like you could have Skip Bayless and Bill Simmons <laughs> poking up their ears when they hear that. But no, I, although it is a bit of a, a random stat in that, it's still a great case to put on your CV. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, as you said, he's not gonna really, he's not gonna get Wilt Chamberlain's number. I, I don't really remember what the, what the number is, but it is pretty damn ridiculous. I think, is it 60 or something like that? I, might be more than that. The realm of, I thought it was in the realm of 80, but, um, Oh, good, good god, he, it probably is that. <laughs> Cause he did have that, uh, I think it was the nine, uh, the 1962 season of, uh, 50 plus points. Oh, average. Average. Yeah. So, uh, I think it was, I think it was in the realm of 80, really. What, what's mental about that, averaging 50 points a season is, if you just go for an off night, I use this with quotations, like 30 points, that means like, you're gonna have to make up an extra 20 throughout the rest of the season. So you're gonna have to the go most... for like 70. Well, I know, uh, the whole kind of averaging 50 points is, like, amazing. No one will ever do that ever yeah. again. But the most amazing thing is, with that season, Bill played every single minute of yeah. every single game. Yeah. Like, my God, his health insurance. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he had a great pastime to relax. Yeah. Well, while all the women of America could tell you about oh, the yeah. And if you and also and his book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tall, tall tales, I think, is it, something. It's called something ridiculous like that. Um, he, yeah, and you think about like how they used to travel to games and stuff. Which makes it even more remarkable how they were just like on coach. And when you're a seven footer, I can't really imagine the coaches back then being luxury National Express ones that we have nowadays. And the fact that nowadays in the NBA, they just roll in private jets. So that's why, that's which makes it even more incredible. Well, a lot, with a lot of the games, I think it's, uh, I think Bill Simmons said it, uh, for an interview he had with uh, Bill Russell. Uh, I think it was about 40 plus games. Will actually drove <laughs> to like the arenas, like from uh, I think it was uh, Philadelphia at the time, mm. and he drove to the opponent. That's even like more like mental that he's kind of putting that much strain on his body instead of just relaxing. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably because he could detour and meet someone 
a female, maybe, in well, Delaware. Well, more exercise, cool. That's very true, that's very true. Well, yeah. Carbohydrates, carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, but we're, yeah. Not, we're not saying that Kevin Durant is stopping to kind of do any of this naughty business. Well, He's... he did He did break up, he did have a fiancé in the off-season, he hasn't anymore, so... I'm not starting rumours, but from what I gathered... <laughs> Kevin Durant is the new Wilt Chamberlain when it comes to women. <laughs> and that's why his marriage broke up. But um, as you said, a team stat is always better than an individual stat. So the Thunder, we'll, we'll touch on them. Do you think that they can win it all? Um, well, last season, it was they were going into the playoffs with their head of steam and then obviously the Russell injury. And that kind of just blew out everything. So really, the main thing is if both Russell and KD are healthy. But also, they have uh, guys like, obviously, Cephalosha is just their kind of defensive anchor as like the the backcourt, not including Ibaka. But uh, Lamb and uh, Reggie Jackson have come a long way this season. Mm-hmm. They've kind of, they're offering some kind of outlets for when teams just kind of key up on uh, Durant and Westbrook. So... I could, I can't see them going the whole way though. I, it's just something about the Spurs. I know this whole, the whole, uh, was it 19, 18 and 19 game winning streak? That's yes. kind of recency effects, but just, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's the devil you know is better than the one you don't. So I could honestly see the Spurs just going to the finals and I don't know who's going to win it all, but OKC conference finals. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And definitely an improvement from last year, as you said, Russell Westbrook. I think the only thing that scares me about the Thunder in a good way is Russell Westbrook will be on a redemption tour. Like, he know, he knew, he knew what happened last year. Obviously, he went through it. What a silly thing to say. But, um, he, yeah, he knows, like, last year that they had a great, another great chance to repeat going to the finals, like, even though they lost the year before. And now he knows that that got t- taken away from him. I can imagine him just, which I don't definitely doesn't normally think it's a good thing, but he will try and take over games and that. And I just think he'll be in FU mode, which is pretty good, especially if they get the Rockets in the uh, oh, in, that in would, around. That would be absolutely is is Be- Beverly back for this season? Uh, yeah, he was. Um, uh, think, he was cleared. He didn't yeah. have to go under the knife, and he's yeah. expected to be back. Uh, maybe the last game of the season, then entering the playoffs. So if they do meet the Rockets, that would be quite a tasty matchup to have. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because well, there's so many factors in that. There's the whole Beverly versus Westbrook versus the Thunder, pretty much. And then you've got the whole James Harden aspect of it, like we had last year, which is always good. And now, then you've got the whole uh, Ibaka, Dwight Howard, who's the best defensive center in, uh, out of those two. And mm-hmm. I know uh, Howard takes that. I, I, he likes to say he doesn't take it seriously, but uh, when it comes to facing him, his numbers go up and uh, you can see the intensity when it comes to Howard versus Abaki because he did spend quite a, I think it was, was it three seasons back to back defensive player of the year ch- uh, titles yep. and then Abaki came in and just, well, blocked it out of his hands really from getting Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird about that. He wasn't in the first all defensive team or am I making that up Abaki when he won it? Uh, no, I'm, I don't think he was actually. It's just a bit weird. I always, yeah. I always find that a bit, I just find that a bit weird. But, um, yeah, I just think the West playoffs, can't they start now? Like, I want- They should have started back in February, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want every, I, this sounds, this is stupid as hell, but I, I think it, give the people what they want. Um, I think just watching if they played one game, each team against another, like, like a little round robin. <laughs> Which would be great because I can't. I think every single team in the West is just fun to watch. Like I, 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 I'm pretty much now. I'm just watching Western Conference play, uh, teams. I'm not bothered about pretty much any of the Eastern and, until the playoffs start. I just love watching like a Thunder and Phoenix or Houston and Golden State and stuff at the moment. It, it is crazy to think that like the West is the hard conference and it is the the most like better basketball to watch mm-hmm. and you look lower down in the standings and I think it, uh, the Lakers they've had such a shoddy season and yet they still have 25 wins under their belt <laughs> they've done better than Boston Orlando the Sixers and Milwaukee what and they've done better than the Sixers 
<laughs> well, yeah, ju- just a fraction. But, <laughs> but, but it's just amazing that a team that's kind of supposedly having one of the worst seasons in franchise history is still doing better than four teams in the East. Mm-hmm. And the, the Kings are still great fun to watch. Oh, they're brilliant fun to watch. Just because you know you might, get, yeah, Demarcus Cousins, you might just get some him punching someone. And, uh, and uh, yeah, well, yeah, obviously we all love that. But uh, Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. he, oh, he's uh, he's like a he, um, he's like Nate Robinson, really, just kind of a bit more focused. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think he's a better, better team player. He's not just a hired gun. Yeah, as well. Um, something just going back to something, <laughs> about, just going back to about the West playoffs and that. Uh, there's been a report that David Lee might miss the rest of the season. Really? Yeah, I saw that. That, that was on CBS.com just before we came on. Oh, uh, God. Uh, I'll, I'll find it out now, which, if it is true, or if I'm not just making it up, or if my eyes don't see it, which would be very similar to last year when David Lee went down in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I, I know it's I know it's terrible to say, like, injuries can are the worst for any sports stars, but I can honestly see a lot of Golden State fans kind of silently kind of Catching the fist like yes, rejoice, <laughs> like, rejoicing. Yeah, like it's it's terrible to say because it is a guy, a man's livelihood. He is getting paid to do this, but mm-hmm. uh, you never know. It might be a good thing. Uh, Jackson said he did not know when Lee would be able to return and if he would be able to come back for the start of the playoffs. He's frustrated right now and rightfully so. Jackson said, "We don't know how long, but I tell you what, he's doing everything he possibly can to get back on the floor for the basketball team." So a generic statement there by Mark Jackson, really. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that, as you said, yeah, last year. Well, last year we saw. I think the best thing, if this is true, I don't really want to talk about it that much, just in case it isn't true. But if it is true. I think that's great news for Harrison Barnes and Harrison Barnes fans. Last year, yeah. you saw him come into the lineup. You saw him play a stretch four, well, a small four. They played some small ball. I, I just think it w- probably would be best for the Warriors or Draymond Green, who is actually great to watch. If he, he'll yes, get he more, he'll get more minutes. His defense is good. He, he tends to make big shots, but he doesn't make consistent shots from the outside, <laughs> which is pretty fun to watch. I love a player like that. It's a Robert Ory. Like yeah, someone that yeah, he'll, he'll be, trouble. he'll be crap from October till April, but when May and June when come, he'll knock them when down. When there's three seconds left on the clock, he kind of zones in and knows what he's going to do. I'll tell you what you shouldn't do with Robert Ari. If he inbounds the ball, don't leave him open. Like, like Detroit Pistons do. Cause he's going <laughs> to score. Right. Well, yeah, we don't really want to touch that much on that. I guess report just just in case it isn't true. Uh, we're going to talk about now. We're going to start this as a series, just giving a quick review on teams that aren't making the playoffs. So obviously we'll start with the Utah Jazz, who from the West, as we talked about the Western Conference, they're still got 24 wins, which is a lot. And this is they may get more, but that's still a lot than some of the Eastern teams that aren't at the bottom of their conference. Uh, Utah Jazz, good young core. Burke, the rookie who missed the start of the season, but yeah, came on came on very strong, especially in a few months. He won two. He's won quite a few rookie of the Mo- rookie of the month awards. Hayward's looking for a contract, so he will be a free free agent out of this out of this year. He's 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 shown a lot a lot in this last season, being the go to man. Uh, a bit inconsistent inconsistent. He'll have twenty six points one night, and then he'll go for, for like three for. 12 shooting and only get about 14 points. Um, Beardris and Jefferson, they're coming off the books, so that's a lot of cap space for the Utah Jazz to work with. They have their pick going into the draft, and Derek Favors is well on a first start talking about the Jazz. Was it a right move to keep him and let other people go? Uh, I, I honestly think it is, because uh, I know, obviously, the whole tanking thing comes into like, conversation, <laughs> but the Jazz are tanking the right way. In that they have uh, like a couple players like Burke, Hayward, Favors, uh, Enos Cantor, and they kind of just let them have a kind of a muck about season. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, uh, uh, I think they have spent the whole season kind of showing Favors. Okay, look, we have a kind of a respectable kind of young lineup which will kind of have to blossom over the next couple seasons. Uh, we've kind of we've tanked. We're going into the lottery with our own pick, and uh, well future could seem quite bright for them mm-hmm. especially if uh, 
maybe obviously these uh, players, like Cantor or Burke, may not be star players, but they could be used in uh, like good trading chips for yeah. maybe like the 2015 uh, like off season with all these amazing stars coming off <laughs> their contracts. So you never know. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've tanked well. They've tanked with dignity, which as a Sixers fan, I can say I'm pretty jealous of. But uh, yeah, uh, Derek favors 13 points, nine nine rebounds at this time. The one thing that I do think that the the Jazz do need when they start to try and be a contender is they need shooters. Like Gordon Hayward, he's yeah, he's he's all right. He shoots 41 percent from the field, but Bar him and a few other players they haven't really got any outside presence. Uh, I, no, not I, sure. I guess hopefully they can get Trey Burke that longer, more consistent shot. Because he can, he can get, he hits clutch shots. I know we talked about Robert Ory and that, but he is pretty clutch when he's had a few game winners and he's had a few big baskets down the edge. But if he can be a bit more of a consistent shooter, because we know he can drive to the rack and he's pretty damn good at it for such a young, inexperienced player. I think... Just jump shots are needed in Utah at the moment if they really want to be a contender, which they will won't really want to be a contender for three four years, really. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll talk about this very quickly because they're not fun to talk about. We'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They have had a horrific season. They came into the season wanting to make the playoffs. Their owner said that they were <coughs> going to make the playoffs, and they've done the complete opposite, and they have the worst record in the league at the moment. They have. Uh, 14 wins. I, as, as, as again, I'll harp on about it, but as a Sixers fan, I hope they get a few more just so we can go below them and get a, a higher percentage of getting that first pick. But Larry Sanders, OJ Mayo, Ilyasova have not shown anything this year. Ilyasova, not that much, but Larry Sanders, he's either getting in bar fights or smoking weed. He's not really He's not really produced after he got that massive contract. Well, yeah, that's what that money gets you, really. Uh, <laughs> look at J.R. Smith. He got his contract and he was gone for the first five games of the season. Mm-hmm. But, so, uh, yeah, they have kind of... They, I don't know how they mucked up this season. <laughs> uh, Especially this much as well. Like They could muck it up and be like the Cavs, maybe like teetering on the eighth seed, but not this. No one expected this. Well, no, like obviously with like OJ Mayo, he had a kind of a respectable season at uh, the Mavs. Yeah, and he came into the season looking a bit out of shape, really, a bit rounder than what we'd <laughs> like to see. And uh, Brandon Knight, I think he just wanted to get away from the whole R.I.P. Brandon Knight dunk from last season. So anything was better than last season for him. Yeah, a lot of but, play- uh, a lot of people don't actually watch Milwaukee Bucks games, which isn't a surprise. So they don't actually know that Brandon Knight is still alive. They actually do think he's dead. <laughs> but. Uh, I think that the one actual standout point for the Milwaukee Bucks is uh, the Say great it. freak. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> know who that is. You're gonna have to give me his name. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Damn it! You actually said it correctly. I have butchered. <laughs> I have butchered that name so badly on this podcast. <laughs> so congratulations. But yeah, he is a what, great, bright spot. What did you think about the other day when uh, that uh, little? Uh, I think it was this three or four second GIF uh, came out about uh, Antetokounmpo's. Uh, Three dribble across the whole court. Scary. See, I, it, well, yeah, it's scary. And that, but there was a uh, from the video. I kind of thought myself, and I'm ashamed to say it because I heard uh, some people saying about, oh no, 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 if you dribble to the free throw line, you've just it's fine. You've dribbled the whole length of the court. Me being an idiot, I kind of went, oh no, he only dribbled up to the opposing free throw line. That's not the full court. <laughs> well, of course he's not going to run out of bounds. That why would he do that? So, yeah, I kind of had to like, second glance and just take in how amazing yeah. that is. Yeah. Uh, if he dunked from the free throw line, then I think we could take it as a <laughs> end-to-end. But, yeah, it's I absolutely if, phenomenal. If he had dunked from the free throw line, I think Atlanta would have kind of said, all right, you could have our spot. Just, like, we want to see that in the playoffs. Yeah. Just let him come in. Yeah, just... let, let him dunk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he has been the bright spot. He's still very raw. He's very under underdeveloped. But I, see, I don't really know. I don't think anyone knows much about Milwaukee. Like, I don't really know who's on their training staff. Like, I don't really know who's going to be taking him under his wing. Like, I hope it's not Larry Sanders. Oh, <laughs> well, if he takes him under his wing, it's going to take him to a dark bar. They can just smoke your room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But isn't that what everyone wants? 
No, <laughs> it's not. But uh, it raises the sorry. It raises the question about. Um, I think it was well. Obviously, the Kings are in the news for the past three seasons about uh, possibly losing the franchise. The Bucks were silently in the background, kind of getting a bit nervous about possibly losing their franchise because it's not a big market. And uh, with this season, it's just kind of it's kind of peaked more kind of wood onto the fire of just like, is this franchise going to stay in this city? Uh, well, yeah, it's funny you should say that there has been a report. It was reported by Ben Golliver at um, the Point Forwards saying that the owner has had be- has had talks behind closed doors, which they always say, but miraculously they come out into the media that he has been uh, listening and taking meetings with potential new owners so that is very scary for Milwaukee residents who go to the Bradley Centre I don't even know if it's called Bradley Centre anymore no one cares (laughs) this is what I mean no one cares about the books really and we shouldn't really be talking that much about it but yeah they have got they've they've got the chance of getting the the best number one pick so that definitely is a well if they draft right, which I'm sure it's hard not, it's very hard not to draft right in this draft. From what I've heard, I don't watch college basketball. Um, then, then it's g- only going to be upwards from this terrible season. Well, you'd hope. Uh, <laughs> I think every, every Milwaukee fan is hoping, and I think uh, Larry Sanders is just kind of when he comes in during the summer for his training camp, someone's going to have to just give him a hard slap. Really. Yes, yes. Just get, get, just get his mum in. Just, yeah. Sit him down and just have the whole thing the wag in his face, and then kind of give him a kind of slap and like just yeah. let him kind of walk back onto the court with those kind of tear filled eyes. Like, shut up, man. <laughs> well, mums <laughs> always do know best. Uh, one yeah, one quick point about the Jazz that we didn't go on. Uh, Gordon Hayward obviously a free agent this summer, but I think that the Jazz can match it. Where do you think his contract? What do you? How much do you think his contract should be? Like, should he be a max player or what? Well, it came out during uh, the trade deadline when everyone was kind of talking about him being a trade piece that uh, it was around the 12 to 14 million range. And, well, obviously that's a massive range, 2 million. <laughs> but uh, I honestly see him getting made possibly a 12 mil. Yeah. Uh, every, for about like four years. Yeah. Four years, 48. Yeah. So I hope it's, they like a reasonable, it's, it's a reasonable contract for him to have, but... Uh, you never know. He may kind of just try and push it because what did Millsap get? He uh... Millsap got the two was it two years twenty million or not even that two years eighteen million. It's something yeah, very low. So, so I think he just kind of wants to like, see how that went and in new times. Like, uh, sorry, what am I on about? Yeah, uh, saw that and kind of thought, oh crap! If that's what he's getting, I've got to try and push as hard as I can. I think he signed to CAA as well, which is like the massive agency. In America, and I think his agent is a very is no is known to get players big contracts, which is pretty scary if you're a Jazz fan and you want to keep him. Because yeah. I don't think he's max. He's definitely not max from what we've seen so far. He could blossom into a max player, but at this moment in time, I don't think mm. he's a max player. Well, that's enough about depressing Milwaukee and Utah, and that's pretty much the end of the show. Uh, it's March Madness NCAA tournament final tonight. Have you got a preference on who's going to win? Jack. I honestly haven't actually given a damn and didn't watch any of it. Uh, I've just heard that it's it's basketball, really. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm the complete opposite. I'm the complete opposite. No, I'm not. I'm the complete same. I don't watch college basketball at all. I just wait for two weeks before the draft comes out and then just try and learn players' names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is the Connecticut Huskies, great name. And the Kentucky Wildcats. You can tell I'm reading this off something I don't know this off by heart. <laughs> uh, I th- Kentucky Wildcats. I'll call them Kentucky. I think they're just known as Kentucky. The Tucks. I don't know. Uh, they are favoured on the spread by minus 2.5 points. I have taken them. So why why not? Eh? If I'm going to watch, yeah. I'm, if I'm going to watch it, why not have some money involved? <laughs> so for one night only, I will be a con- Kentucky Wildcat. Oh, a very prestigious <laughs> club. Yes, club. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can follow the blog and podcast on Twitter. I'm crap at doing this at Double Clutch UK. The webcat, uh, the website is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk. Have you got with Jack has been putting on quite a few uh, columns and blogs at the moment. Have you got anything lined up? You can say no. Uh, it's fine because I haven't, and I haven't for about <laughs> five months. 
I have, but I don't possibly want to give anything. I don't want to give a tea. Well, now you'd have to, you'd have to come onto the site and read it. So lovely, lovely. Uh, basket. Uh, you can also follow him. You can follow him at Basketball Rants, and that is a fully functional website. I've heard. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I've been on it. I'm joking. It's pretty interesting. So go and check that out. Anything on there that you want to tease, or do you want people to come over and look at it? Uh, I've got something in the works about uh cap space and particularly the Detroit Pistons, like using them as a good reminder of not to go mental with cap space. Yeah, uh, and try and get rid of as much as they can, which will be impossible, I'm sure. But I'm sure <laughs> it will be covered greatly in your article. And yeah, don't miss that out. As I said, you can follow me at Basketball Ranch. You can follow me. No one ever does at Base91, so I don't even understand why I say that. No one ever follows me. I've oh, reached... No, go on. That is... Comp- I... Alright, uh, I listened to the podcast for a very long time. Yeah. About, and there was a podcast that came on about, possibly about a month and a half ago, and you called out your Twitter handle, and you said, oh, I, I wonder if I can get to 200. I searched your handle, and some guy in, like, Czechoslovakia came up. And I honestly thought, this can't be the same guy. And, yeah, so I kind of gave up until, I think it was today or yesterday, yeah. when I finally saw your handle. I was like, oh my god, I remember this. Yeah. So, so uh, you're not Czechoslovakian, are you? Uh, I'm not, but some people... No, no one's ever said that. No, I'm not. Um, but I have a sp- <laughs> spoiler alert. I actually reached 200 today. Oh, that was me. There you I'm go. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, the conquest is over. I don't want any more followers now. I don't tweet oh. that much. I don't tweet that much anyway. And then when I do, it's about nonsense. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And I think Andy and... Matt Smashed is back on Thursday, so thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye-bye. My love for the game, I don't think can be measured, man. I love playing basketball. I love everything about this game. The love for the game never goes away. It's just a part of me. I think if you, you know, took my heart out, it'd be a basketball. The squeaking of the sneakers against the hardwood, the sound of the ball bouncing against the hardwood, the sound that it makes when it goes through the net, the smell of the leather, I mean, all of that. I just love everything about it. When I'm in between those lines, I feel at peace. I feel free. I'm in paradise. I feel like I'm in my sanctuary. That ball and that basket, it just makes me complete. Battle all night. You know, you gotta be ready to grind. Can't talk a big game in this league. This is the NBA. is the best players in the world. Kobe Bryant, you have to respect greatness. Crossover and the oh! LeBron, he's a match of nightmare. LeBron to the You gain respect by not backing down. There's no way. way. It's scorching out here. Kevin Garnett, his passion for the game. You can see it in his eyes. It's the out-of-body experience. It supersedes the physical because the world kind of goes away. And I'm just flying. I can't hear anything out there on the floor. I can't hear the crowd. You don't see a hand in your face. You know, it kind of feels surreal to me. Like a superhero inside. State with the opportunity to go out there and showcase your talent to the world. I want to be one of the greatest players that ever played this game. I have to win. I don't want to lose. It's about proving doubt is wrong. Take advantage of every minute you're on the floor. I'm getting to the finals and having a chance to win. Creating a legacy. That's what drives me beyond belief. I'm just chasing another ring, man. That's what it feels like to be in the NBA.